0: Welcome to episode 75 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me are Ian Sharpley. Hello. Matt Cassell. Hello. And our special guest, Dominic Yossi. Hello. It is Monday night, September 29th. We are fresh off of the Pittsburgh Comic Con visit. We had a great weekend, met a lot of great people. So tonight we're going to talk a little bit about our highs and lows of Comic Con weekend. And then we're going to talk about the Gotham Episode 1 premiere. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of what we're about here, Housekeeping with Ian Sharplin.
1: If this is your first time listening to the McSauce Comic Book Podcast, welcome. We met a lot of cool people at Pittsburgh Comic Con this weekend. You can find all of the McSauce products at McSauce.com. Go there for our comic book reviews, our webcomic, as well as the podcast. We update five days a week. So go there every day. Check us out. We'll be able to provide you with some entertainment. Go to Facebook backslash sauce.com You can find the Facebook page and like us. Uh, you can talk to us there. Me and Dom are admins on there, so you can get a little banter with us on that site. You can also find us on Twitter at the sauce at Gint underscore McSauce at Cerebrius for Dom and at Lil depressed Matt for Matt. That's me. You can find us a bunch of different ways. The podcast on iTunes you can subscribe and it'll come right to your mobile device or your computer. You can go to Stitcher and stream us that way. And you can also find us on Podomatic. And download or stream us at that location. You can leave us reviews and feedback on any of the uh, any of those platforms. So please do that. We really, really enjoy having some feedback and uh, reviews. And like I said before, we met a lot of great people this weekend. So I want to give uh, a couple plugs to the people that we met. We met a few different podcasts. Gearbox Union. Go to GearboxUnion.com and check out some of the things that they do. They do a whole host of things. They have podcasts, videos. They have um, gallery with some photos, and they stopped by, did a little video segment with us. So I would imagine that that'll be up on GearboxUnion.com. So go there and check that out.
2: They also did an audio segment with us as well.
1: Video and, video audio. and audio. No. Uh, low, the the next person did a audio segment with That's us.
2: That's what I, yeah. If you would let me finish, I was trying to say the next one that you're about to announce <laughs> did an audio segment <laughs> with us. Uh, Ian, who was that that second podcast that we met?
1: Lowcast Network. That's the one. They have three different podcasts. We met with Lance and Matt. Really great guys, and they do the last great podcast, the Pig Room. And my favorite, Chat Fancy. So go to... Uh, Chat Fancy. (laughs) That shit cracks me (laughs) up. LocastNetwork.com. And they did an audio segment, as Matt was referencing before, with us. Really good guys. They walked around with me and Matt towards the end of the con, and we looked at swords and posters together. That's true. Yeah, we did. I enjoy the fact that our
0: Matt and their Matt look a little similar. They like, do, if you grew out that mustache
1: and goatee, really? you guys could be brothers. You thought he was that good-looking? Oh. oh. A little Matt Fancy going on right now.
0: <laughs> well done, sir. Slow clap.
1: That's what I do. We met up with Daniel Doing, who creates... <laughs> or is it Doing? As we want just... to... <laughs> doing. Doing, Doing... You choose the pronunciation. Dwa? Is it French? Du-
2: <laughs> you have to say it more as a question. Duan? Duan?
1: Daniel Duan? Daniel Doing creates Green Lantern Rings. He has an Etsy site. If you go to etsy.com backslash shop backslash doing cosplays, and we'll post all these links on the sauce page, You can go there and check out some of Daniel's work. He was uh, nice enough to post some really nice feedback on our site and tell us how great the webcomic was. So we really appreciate that feedback.
0: Being a Green Lantern guy as I am, it was nice to see uh, some of his work in person. You can get fitted Green Lantern rings for what looks like all of the core colors because the ones that DC produces have the split in the middle. So they're they're usually loose, but if you want a fitted lantern core ring, Daniel Doing is the way to go. Good
1: is quality. it doing or is it dwang or is what are we gonna we're go? Gonna, we're gonna figure that out, but whatever he's doing, good quality work.
3: And last, he's, but actually, he's actually also selling power batteries too. Power batteries. He's doing the power batteries all your
1: Green Lantern needs doing cosplays on Etsy. And last but not least, three cons in a row. One of our favorite guys. Alan Shell, S C H E L L. Alan does a whole host of different types of illustrations. He has neon illustrations. He'll do commissions. If you go to AlanShell.DebiantArt.com, you can check out some of his work there. You can also go to his YouTube channel where you can meet and talk to the wonderful Alan Shell. He also has a Twitter handle at Alan Shell. Seventy-six. So go check out all of these people. Send them the good McSauce love that our fans have shown us. And it was great meeting with with all of them.
0: Is there anyone else who would like to talk about?
3: Not till I have to get to my
0: okay. my Comic Con
3: experience.
0: Okay, Dom. I'm not
3: gonna plug someone for no reason yet.
0: Well, why don't we why don't we kick off? The entree of the of this week's podcast with Dom's Comic
3: Con experience. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. Ba, 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 ba. Um. Okay. Um. While I was uh, at the mix sauce table, right next to us, we had Gavin Smith, who is a freelance artist. He's done um, he's done his own solo book called Human City. He's currently the artist on Charge, and he also did a book called The Accelerators. And I bought a couple prints from him. I bought a really nice Nightwing and a Moon uh, Moon Knight print. I picked up his book Charge. I picked up another copy of Accelerators, which is why I, I had it before. Since I met Gavin, I read the, and I liked what his work. I had him sign me a copy of Accelerators. And I also had him do me a commission uh, on one of the blank variant covers. I had him draw me a Martian Manhunter that was on the cover of Justice League of America number 7, which was Part 4 of 6 of the Trinity War. He did a really nice Martian Manhunter for me. I'll go ahead and uh, get a picture of that and put that on the webpage as well. Already done, sir. Oh, thank you. Um, Gavin can be found at GavinPatrickSmith.com dot blogspot.com and he is also at Gavin P. Smith on Twitter. Gavin is an artist.
0: A lot of the times you'll walk around various cons that you're at and you'll see some questionable tables where clearly the con just wanted the money for the booth and like the art's kind of kind of weird, a little wonky but you know, like Gavin's stuff was really impressive and uh, you know compared to everything else that was at the con like I would put his stuff at, at the top with a lot of the pros that were there I just shouldn't say along with the pros he is a pro he's done he's done big time work for some big time publishers yes. but I, I really liked his stuff and Which, he was a really cool guy too he was a really cool guy to hang out with for a few days what has he done as far as big time publishers he's done some DC and Marvel stuff I'm not
2: sure what in particular
0: that's but, pretty cool uh,
2: yeah. His sketch that he did of Martian Manhunter for Dom is <laughs> frankly it looks better than most of his books and he, and he knocked it out over uh, I think it was on Friday night he did it. Yeah. I was ready for you. I Saturday commissioned it Friday
3: and he brought I commissioned it Friday. I told him there's no hurry, we were here all weekend and he had it for me first thing on Saturday.
2: And and he has a a pretty cool distinct style as well. Like a lot of scratchy lines and and looks like some kind of like almost toothbrush spraying uh, white ink on on black. He does a really good job of creating a lot of uh, texture and variations with just black and white. So, yeah, he is a very good artist.
3: Uh, A three-year graduate of the Kubert School, which is a three-year school out in New Jersey. Uh, he was telling us that they kind of just, uh, the Cuberts, uh, probably without hostile, hostile takeover, but they bought out an old high school, which was actually the high school. I like how you say Q-berts probably into. without hostile <laughs> takeover. But maybe. Yeah, yeah they might have been. It's the Cuberts. There's a bunch of them. Who knows how they got that school? I don't think
0: they're family, if you know what I'm saying.
3: Well, I like, get like Italian family, like connections. Hey, uh, what
1: do you do like, with that hey, school day? Like, <laughs> yes,
3: like your people, Dominic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think you're gonna give us that. School you know, his, for uh, his
2: name, a used, song. His name used to be Joe Cibute, <laughs> Cuberdelli? Cubertelli <laughs> the Cuberdellis. Joey Parmesan. <laughs> yeah, Man, just,
0: that's racist.
1: I did. Uh,
0: yeah, I didn't. <laughs> Yeah. Joey
1: Joey the pencil?
3: Joey (laughs) Pence. Joey.
1: Well that's his that's his like
0: hit name, the pencil. The pencil. pencil. That's how he does people in, he like gets them in the neck with a pencil. Uh, Lead
3: poisoning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All you hear before he kills you is. So the cubert's probably not Italian hitman. Uh, probably <laughs> speculation
3: of probably all famous artists. Yeah, correct. Yeah, the cubert uh, school was a three year school. It's out in New Jersey. So he was committed to the three year job, the three year schooling, and after seeing his artwork that he had for sale and flipping through his books, he he excelled. He's doing very well at his craft a long three days of
1: conning for us Matt what was your favorite thing that you did at the con um my favorite
2: thing is that I was inspired by all the artists you know can we shut our phones off for the podcast
1: are we professionals or are
0: we amateurs you know what that doesn't show up on the recorder no one hears that what's our our time marker we'll look it up later
2: don't worry about it. so
1: <laughs> right. before you were so rudely interrupted.
2: No, what, what I liked most was that going walking around seeing all these different artists guys that were next door to us, like Gavin, um, or you know, even even the, the all-time pros like George Perez, you just get so inspired to, to do some artwork. If you have any creative juices within your bones, when you see this level of talent and creativity, it just makes you want to be a part of it. So, you know, I know that we rag on Ian here on the podcast for not churning out strips in the manner that we'd like them to. Because if
1: Paul, you go to mixsauce.com, you will see that I do strips.
2: He does strips. And we kind of tease them about it, but if we're really going to get on anybody's case about their artwork output, it's it should be me. I don't do nearly as much as I should, but I was really excited about the convention, and I I drew. So I drew something on uh, Saturday night, and, in, and into Sunday I brought my computer because I didn't have it done yet, but I was I was too excited about drawing again and and i'm still excited about it so without a doubt that's my favorite thing is it just like energized me you know i couldn't wait to do this podcast tonight because i was so excited about how fun everything was and just the overall vibe and and you know there have been years where we had better turnouts with better artists in terms of like who's at the convention you know some years you'll have everyone like stan lee you know guys like that Or Starenko was there last year. This year, we really didn't have kind of that, like, super A-list kind of classic creator. But even so, there's still a lot of talent, and there's still a lot of inspiration. And that, for me, is easily the the number one thing. Uh, Number two is just meeting all kinds of great new people, you know.
3: Yeah, we had a lot of really good conversations. We met a lot of fantastic people this weekend. Yeah. I've, real, I've really had a fun time at this con this, this year. I think it was our most successful convention to date, just from
1: the volume of people that we met. We were in a much better position this year to meet with people. We were in the middle of the main room and sort of like a main walkway. Uh, so we had a lot of walk-up traffic. We had a lot of good things going on. We had some buttons that we were handing out. Free buttons. And free buttons. We had a great free sign. We had a completely retooled booth with new artwork. We had an emotions poster and sketch cards. So we had a whole host of different things that we were um, handing out or selling this time. And the energy was just up with all of us, I think, because Mm -hmm. we were in a different spot. And we had more interaction with the the people that were there. Yeah, we
2: interacted with potential fans or fans versus each other, which... Tended to be kind of unfortunately the more often than not when we were in Artist Alley, which is kind of like the back wing of the convention center, where you know where guests go to die.
1: I feel like we had horror. Oh, <laughs> that's unfair. We had horror stories last year. Let's be. Where this year we have wonderful positive. fantasies. Exactly. Let's be positive.
2: Time. Yeah, we
1: we're we being are being positive. positive. You have to show yeah. the. You're well, the, Mr. Mr. Negativity over there. You have to highlight for the people that didn't listen to last year's show some of the pitfalls rising, that ran into.
2: Rising from the depths of Artist Alley into the elite first-class wing of the convention
0: center. As much as I love doing the Pittsburgh Comic-Con, and you know we will continue to do the Pittsburgh Comic-Con. But I feel like this is going to be followed up with uh, Negativity. negativity. But you know what? Because I, now that you know, I, now that it's <laughs> now that fun, you I, broke I, the it, ice
3: and it, brought it, the first pair right, of negativity, now, now, now I, so
0: we
1: can now hate. It. It's okay. Now it's okay. Now that like, I commented and scolded you for being negative, I'm going to turn you know, around. This is
3: now that we had our five minute. What did we like about the comic con? This is now are forty five <laughs> minutes. What did we hate? <laughs> because those of you that are new, that's what we do. We say I loved it, but this
0: stunk. <laughs> no, you know, I I wanted to be entirely complimentary, but and that's right. The We've been to other cons, and things are set up a little differently the way Pittsburgh Comic Con does it, and it may go away next year once they move downtown to a different convention center. It may smooth this issue out entirely, but the way it's set up now is there's the main room of the convention center is brightly lit, it's warm, it's very inviting. There are... You no know, it's there the it seems like the bigger tables are out there the bigger action is out there and then there's a second room with a lower ceiling where a couple of the the halls are for panels and it's a little bit darker the lights aren't as bright it's definitely fucking colder
3: over it there. was yeah it was colder yeah
0: and there it's it seems like it's as soon as you walk through the doors into their artist alley there's, It just doesn't feel like the same place. It doesn't feel like you're involved in the same fun and excitement that you are in the big room. And after two years in the small room, and then moving into the bigger room this year, I mean, there's, there's, you know the difference from being in there. But from having a table in both rooms, I mean, the difference is just such a huge contrast. So they're moving downtown next season, and I hope next year, and I hope they really remedy that, because it's not just... It's not just us. The general feeling of the con is like, yeah. "Oh, Lord of Sally, it's a, it's where, a con where, divided. where tables go to die."
3: So. Yeah, a con. and you know, and we noticed that they had who they they put they put Clint Howard. Clint Howard, you don't Clint, put Clint Howard in the yeah. little room. That's like baby in the corner. Just don't do it. <laughs> That's Clint Howard. Put him out. And that, there was there's enough around the perimeter that you could put Clint Howard on one of those on one of the ends. And make a little zigzag line in the actual corner of the con, and you could easily fit that. Yeah, they were calling it um, small
1: press row or some shit wherever they put Clint Howard. It seemed like it seemed weird. They should have had him in the main room. I think. Where the fuck is Clint <clears throat> Howard small press? I don't know,
3: but that's well, what they were doing. Well, in the
2: past, when Stan Lee visited the Pittsburgh Comic Con, they had him in Artist Alley as well.
3: But when but people were gonna come into the con. For Stanley, sure, you and there put, were people that walked into the con and walked in line and sat in line right. for now the you five can six Stanley hours. Put Stanley in the
0: bathroom, and he's gonna get he's gonna. So Stanley,
3: putting, putting Stanley in in Artist Alley there, that was a smart move because there are people who were gonna come in just for him. So put him in the back because right. that's not gonna take up any thrones of space in the main hall of just people standing there being. Dead Space.
2: So the first year the McSauce did the Pittsburgh Comic Con was three years ago. Well, actually, it would be two years ago now. Um, yes, this is, this third is our one. third year. Um, but it was the year Stan Lee was there, and the McSauce the table was set up directly across from the line waiting for Stan Lee. Right. Now, Ian, you said, now I wasn't there for the first year, but Ian, you said that this year was the, the best turnout we've ever had for McSauce. Last year, or two years ago, when you were across from Stan Lee, how did that compare? Because I'm sure you had people stopping by and looking, but the table wasn't quite the same either.
1: No, no, it didn't have the impact. I think we have uh, not only um uh a better looking booth but more things to uh share with the fans we had buttons like i said before we have a podcast which is a big thing that we didn't have in the past which you know that the ad of dominic and yourself matt that really helps when i can say oh matt cassell and they're like oh matt the matt cassell like, yeah, I think, yeah
0: i think it helps i think it helps when why are you laughing I, think, I thought that was genuine. It was, you're, it was legit. I apologize. Thank you. It helps when we have someone at the table that's able to do the hard sell and say, Hey, this is great. This is good stuff. Check this out. Because most of the time we're like, yeah, we're okay.
1: Well, yeah. who does the hard sell? Is that Dom? Dominic does the hard sell. If there is a problem with the sauce entity, it's that we're like, ah, we're all right. We do this thing. Check it out if you
2: like it. Paul and Ian, you guys do the the soft cell, Dom does the hard cell. I probably do more than the medium cell. You get in there. You the, get in there. The just right.
1: You do the chub cell, I think <laughs> is. What right. the hell
2: is a chub cell?
1: I don't know if it's, it's in between flaccid <laughs> and. Rock hard.
2: Uh, <laughs> is that the kind that you want to have, like in a, in the shower with the guys? So I don't think hang on. I bigger. don't want to be the
3: flashy. <laughs> yeah, stuff. yeah. you, well, you it are up, the you stuff. Jump it up
1: a little bit. You're like, you'd are uh, like... be too embarrassed if you're walking around the shower with him with like a Totally soft cell or the hard cell. Right, so you, you got it. A jump cell. So. Yeah,
2: you like flick it a little bit before you go <laughs> out there. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: You think about the uh, steel sirens that were at the table across from us thanks for, a little bit? Thanks for tuning in tonight, kids. No kids are tuning into this. It's a little
2: jump cell. Yeah, so, yeah, we can look at the sirens, the iron sirens right before
1: the, the shower. I call them steel sirens. I screwed that up. Yeah, yeah the iron sirens. Iron sirens. Iron sirens. I thought you said iron sirens. I probably didn't. I'm sure I fucked it up. But anyway, the iron sirens were were across from us, so we had something beautiful to look at the whole time.
2: All <laughs> <laughs> we get, we get out the of the is a, is a is heavy a, breathing. Heavy, is breathing. <laughs> I was expecting you to say something. something oh, he money. inhaled as if like words were like, going to come out, but just air
0: came <sighs> out. <laughs> uh-huh. All of my words flowed to my penis. <laughs>
1: The Iron Sirens, they were—they had a comic book. They were fitness professionals dressed as Elektra, Sue Storm, and a chick in a black outfit that I don't know if she was actually
3: a... Did it didn't matter? It didn't really matter. They were beautiful. She, w- she went for the hard sell every time. Anyone in a cosplay outfit... She grabbed whatever weapon of choice. If it was a Deadpool, she grabbed a gun. If it was a pirate, she grabbed the sword. If it was the guy from Assassin's Creed, she grabbed the, the blade.
1: If it was and a dork from the McSauce table, she grabbed his penis. Everything. Every single weapon they could get <laughs> a hold of. His... <laughs> he was already dead when she grabbed it. Yeah, it was already yeah that was her
3: shtick. She, she, <clears throat> yeah, she, she grabbed the weapon and then killed And then the, dragged them the into possibly. the photo, and then they posed for the photo.
0: She was also very good at the
3: handstand split. Yes. Which we saw numerous times. Never got old. No. (laughs) No.
2: I think all four of our heads were on a on a like universal swivel that all turned at the same time every time. Or if not, it was
3: two seconds after one of us turned our head. Oh they're doing something again and then They had our. In the middle of the hard cell, the chug cell, regardless. We just stopped. That helped
1: the time pass very quickly. So, this con was another reason why this was the most enjoyable con so far.
0: I think we all came away with a very enjoyable experience. In particular, Matt, I think you really enjoyed yourself this time. I did. There was, like, um, not that you didn't enjoy yourself uh, the last two years, but you weren't officially. Made to stay at the table the entire time. Last time you were in, you were out doing different stuff. But at the same time, you know, you. I think oh, what's the nice? What's the nice way of saying
2: this? Oh, you're is a little a, more. This will be a backhanded compliment. Yeah, little, I think you're yeah. a little We're gonna more, keep
0: it positive, but. You're a little more critical than the rest of us about certain things. But I think this weekend, you you had a
3: visibly. Good time. That's because he was not accosted by any Star Wars movie actors. No, no, no. I
2: I accosted the Star Wars actors. They don't accost me.
3: Did you? I don't know. Kenny Baker seemed to accosted you. Uh, That's true.
2: No, I didn't. You know, at the end of the day on Sunday, we're talking like quarter to six, maybe 5.30. They closed their doors at six. I, I walked down. We were in the same row as the Star Wars row, which was pretty cool. We were only about four booths away across the, the aisle, and, and I walked down, and they had uh, the, the woman that played... Um, Shaq
3: T. Shaq
2: T, the, the red and white, like, sort of Twi'lek-looking um, Jedi Knight from the prequels. And then, of course, they had Bravo 6. One of the throwaway pilots from The Phantom Menace who nobody knows who that guy was. Like, even if you see him, you don't recognize... I recognized Shaq T out of her makeup. He was the Rick
3: Ollie of Episode 6?
2: No, no. He <laughs> was in Episode 1 with Rick Olay or Ollie or whatever his name was. I like Ollie better than Olay. I, oh, I think it is. Olay! Olay. Rick Olay!
3: Well, yes, you need to ask the guys like from Marvel that. Comics. But, no, they know.
2: But... No, I walked down, and they had some photos and everything, and I just, like, I don't know. I wasn't excited about it. I mean, Shaq T was kind of a cool-looking character, but, eh, I was hoping maybe for somebody else. She was, like, too beautiful to, like, go up to and and talk Star Wars, because you get the... And I know that it's unfair to judge a book by its cover, but hey, this is the McSauce Comic Book
3: Podcast. That's what we do. And if
2: there's anything that we fucking do, it is judge shit before we watch it, right? Correct.
3: Correct. All yeah.
2: right. So I'm, I'm looking at her, and she. I'm like, I want to talk to her and, like, you know, casually roll up my sleeves and let her know that I'm a Star Wars fan because I have Star Wars tattoos. And I just knew that it would be a futile effort because, like, she would probably tell me, yeah, you know, the, I, I don't really know what, I think I was a Sith or something, and I'd just be like, shut up.
1: <clears throat> she was like, I was a Klingon.
2: Right. And, and... The the other pilot guy, he just like wasn't enough of a real even like part of that it's production a, for me to care.
0: It's a fine line, and I had I had I guess a similar interaction with Jamal Igle, who drew my favorite run on Supergirl, and he I mean he put in a lot of issues on this book right before uh, they right before DC flipped everything over to the to the new fifty two. He draws a, he drew a really good book with uh, Sterling Gates and I went over and I talked to him for a little bit he was very friendly you know very open very nice guy but at the same time I f- almost felt like I was bothering him with the DC stuff mm-hmm. um, he does his own creator own books he's worked on some other stuff and it's never ever, it's nothing that I've ever looked up or bought. And I, I, I felt like he was more interested in getting into some of that other stuff. And a couple times when I brought up the D.C. work, he was kind of like, mm, uh, okay, all right. Did but he ask not... you
1: about some of the work that you did?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, and I failed to have business cards on What it? happened before you
1: went over? I don't need electrons fucking <laughs> marketing. You're flaccid cell too, motherfucker. <laughs> but I would have at least had the business cards there so I could have chubbed up. At a, a moment's point. notice, <laughs> fuck you. That's how dumb. What happened?
0: What happened to Frank Cho in Baltimore? Um, we were both fucking inverted penis cells. It was just
1: flapping in the wind.
0: <laughs> so yeah, Matt. That's what I happened. get. What you're saying?
2: I don't even remember what I was saying. But oh, the Star Wars. The Star yeah. Wars guys would have been and- like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Wars is great. But I
0: did this indie picture.
2: Yeah, and I just. I felt a little bit weird. It, it felt like closing time. You know, these people are ready to be done, pack their photographs up, get on the plane, go back to wherever they live, and and kind of write this one off. But, I, I don't know. I walked by, kind of stared a little bit, and left. Now, last year I stopped and talked to Jeremy Bullock, who was uh, Boba Fett.
1: I was going to say that. The Boba Fett. The Boba probably. Voice included. That's probably Sorry. why... You had... That's such a cliff to fall down. Boba Fett, uh... Chompy number one, or whatever right. the hell that uh, person was.
2: Bravo Six. Bravo Six. I thought it was going to be Bravo Leader when I first read. oh, Bravo Leader... No, it was Bravo Six. Bravo Leader, I think, was Rick Ollie, like, who actually Lame. had a few lines and everything. That really little guy did it. it. Yeah, and he... The, the dude that was actually there at the convention had, like fraction of a second of screen time. Like, you know, there there is kind of a, a fine line when it comes to it. Even if you don't have a line of dialogue, be in the movie a little bit, you know? Don't be like, when I see you, I'll be like, and I'm a diehard fan. When I see you and I'm like, who the fuck are you? That's not a good sign. You shouldn't be doing conventions.
0: Yeah, if, <clears throat> if you're in a Star Wars movie and Matt doesn't know who
3: you are, you are nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had a really good experience. I met um, Sunday morning I met Angus Oblong. I was uh, been a fan of his work. I watched his show The Oblongs when it actually debuted on ABC. I watched uh, I watched and fell in love with the show when it was on comedy or er, Cartoon Network bought the DVD. Um, I was walking around the con on Friday and I see this gentleman, Wearing a white, like white clown face mask and a red nose, and I'm just sitting in my mind. I'm like, who is this idiot? I was like, they let juggalos in here? Yeah. For the for a split second, I'm like, is a juggalo? I'm like, who is this guy? And then once I kind of got back to the desk, and or back to our table, I looked at how everything was laid out, and I saw that it was Angus Oblong, and I was like, oh my god, I, I, I never knew what he looked like to even put two and two together. So Sunday I went, I got, I had him autograph. My Oblongs DVD set, I bought two prints off of him, a print of the Oblongs and a print of Luke, Leia, and Han in the detention cell at Star Wars with the Oblong style with their characters without noses. That's a cool print. Every time I look at that picture, I can't help but laugh because like, the look of Luke's face without a nose... Is hilarious. Like, it's, a, it, it's a cool print. I can't hilarious. wait. I can't wait to put that one up at work and hopefully can make the days go by a get, lot faster. Get
2: that on the page too. Yeah,
3: that was. A, yeah, I'm gonna. I'll get a picture of that one and put that one up because I really like that print. I like meeting Angus Oblong. He was a really cool guy. Um, walked right up. Um, he saw my DVD immediately, grabbed it out of my hand, started signing it. Had a really good interaction, talking about the show. Did you I, leave him a McSauce business card? I did not have a McSauce business card Hmm. on me. You goddamn slacker. He did ask what I did, though. You flaccid. It was flaccid. And you said, I'm
1: the main button guy for the McSauce comic book party." I made sure to... Warehouse manager. Warehouse manager. Yeah, button 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 guy guy. is so
3: loose. Yeah, I want a title. I'm the chief of button operations. (laughs) But I I met with Angus and talked about the show. How'd you get... Uh, Was it difficult, or what was it like working with Will Ferrell? And he said he told me that um, Mark Hamill actually auditioned for the role of Bob Oblong, which was the Will
1: Ferrell.
3: Um, Angus was the only one who liked uh, Mark Hamill. Everyone else was wanted Will Ferrell, so that's what they jumped with. So they went with Will Ferrell, and the rest is. 13 episodes of history um, but that was another one of my surprising fun finds of the weekend was kind of interacting with Angus Oblong
2: fun finds of Comic Con
3: Dominic
1: Yossi
2: Paul did you have any fun finds yourself I know uh, that I
1: hated it all three days that's Dom's segment fun, fun finds fun, fun finds Dominic Yossi Dominic <laughs> <laughs>
0: I had a really good time the uh, three days. It uh, it was a really... Personally, it was a really busy weekend. Like, I had stuff going on every day after each day at the con. And then an early con morning, I had McDonald's hash brown and two breakfast burritos to kick off every
2: day. I felt bad I couldn't make it on Sunday, but I was I was up very late drawing the night before, and I got up and started drawing again in the morning. There so was, was a there again. was a
0: nearby McDonald's, so we had McSauce breakfast at the McSauce Convention Skybox at the two tiered McDonald's that looked over beautiful. Monroe you know PA. when
2: there's two floors on a McDonald's, not to you know turn into last week's episode, but when there's two floors <laughs> on a McDonald's, that is class.
1: Why would you ever eat on the bottom floor when you mm. can have sky view and watch glorious Route 22 unfold since, before your eyes? Since Even, what
0: I like to bring is the negative to this podcast, it wouldn't hurt the second floor to have some
2: condiments up there. It really wouldn't. You're absolutely right. However, what you don't get on the first floor is that glorious top two-story view where you can look out onto the overly congested morning parking lot as the dew glistens on the on the pavement with the sun rising over the horizon and you see an old fart park his (laughs) giant ass cadillac his maroon cadillac across (laughs) three fucking spots diagonally and get out of his car and as we're like me I think this is the morning you weren't there Ian but me and Yeah
1: you weren't the there. What's ironic is this happened another one of the mornings somebody <laughs> it else happens was- every morning at this McDonald's. <laughs> it's the same guy. He gets he gets out of
2: his car and we're we're all like pressed up against the glass like our you can still see our like pig noses on the glass imprints. And and we're looking at him and he gets out And we're like oh he's seriously going to just leave it. He's going to leave it. And he looks back, and then he goes back to his car and straightens that shit out, but he didn't, like, he still took up two spots. Like, he just straightened his car, but he was still over the line. You know what, the, the activity at nine in the morning in
0: that McDonald's parking lot, every day was chaos. There was always something to look for. There were two people competing for the the two drive-through <laughs> lanes. Yeah. There was the old lady that got out of her car and everything in her her purse.
3: What about the old lady? And continued to walk into McDonald's leaving everything on the ground.
0: Much like the guy that parked (laughs) crooked, they looked at what happened and were like, fuck it.
2: Right. And then went into
0: McDonald's.
2: Better yet, the old lady that ran into the the parking pole, like, as we were walking out, Paul's like, did she hit that? And I'm like, yep, she hit it. Like, her car was smashed up against the, the pole in front.
1: Worm to the wise kids, do not go to McDonald's in the morning. You will be run over, maimed, something will happen to you. Look what out. We,
2: what we should do next year because clearly there is even more activity in the parking lot on Route 22 in the on Saturday mornings, we should set up a table out there. Could you we would imagine? get run over. We would get That's true. All right, that's a bad idea. So aside
0: from <laughs> Super special mixed sauce convention skybox breakfast. It was a real it was a really fun time. I don't want to link it directly to being in the larger room and not being in the dungeon artist alley because the last two years we went, we had a lot of fun over there too. We met Alan Shell, our first year, who is a gigantic personality that he needs to put more of his own special personality using words like cockfucker in his youtube videos because that's the alan shell that i want to see
1: when you go to his youtube page you get a really diluted version of him but when you see him in person it's pure shell
0: goodness it really is so we 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 had a good time the last two years in artist alley Uh, was it, it was the second year stan lee was there
1: First year,
3: first year Stanley. First year Stanley. There. Last year we were in the back room. That's right. And we had Starenko out in the main hall. And um, this year, this we year moved. we were in the main hall, and Clint Howard was in Artist Alley. So that we, tells we you how off into, balance into everything the big is. Year
0: and uh, we were down a major road. I feel like we talked to a lot of a, a lot of really cool people, uh, talking to the Gearbox Union guys, and uh, meeting Lance and Matt from Low, uh, the, low-cast the Lowcast Network, network stuff. And the Big Room Podcast, which I listened to two and a half episodes today, and I'm in. No question, those guys are doing a great job. Uh, it's just, uh, mainly it's just the two of them, uh, the other buddy CJ, or DJ, I don't remember. Something, JPJ. episode I started with. JJ. But uh, they do a great job, and I think it really helped with both Gearbox and Lowcast to meet those guys and talk to them and see them in person. Because you get, a, you get a sense of who they are, what they're about. It makes, makes the show accessible. And, you know, it was a lot of fun just hanging out. We talked to a lot of really cool people. And I think this year I spent more time just sitting at the table. I didn't walk around a whole lot. Um, but just being around and, you know, meeting folks, talking to the guy that put together the Mechazilla costume.
3: Oh, that Mechagodzilla kid. Oh. That kid was an asshole. That kid was, I loved that kid, though. He was a total ass. He got us twice. But I liked his douchebagness. I, I really did. One I like the cut of another. your douchebaggery jib. He <laughs> came up. He had, I like cut his jib. <laughs> <laughs> he had an amazing cardboard-made Mechagodzilla. And he came by on Friday. Or he came by early on Saturday. Grabbed one of the McSauce flyers. Put it, like, inched it into his hand. He couldn't close his hand or have any pockets or anything. I put it in his hand. Yeah, you put it in. And he walked away and he said, thank you. I will cherish this for as long as I can. He got to the next table and purposely dumped the card out into the garbage. The next table, by the way, was empty, but currently
1: being manned by Artie, the one-man party, who got beer and hung out with us. There were a a few more traffic than us. Yeah, he really did. For a short amount of time. All he was selling was himself in a pose. No. But there were a few empty booths uh, along the way. I feel like because Artist Alley was a little more empty than usual. I feel like they moved a lot of the artists out into the That's main true. hall, which is a good move. I they think.
3: did that with the people on the other side of Gavin. Yeah, they were in. They were in Artist Alley, and Saturday morning they got bumped over into the big hall.
2: Paul, it's funny that you say that you you. Uh, walked around less this year than you had in previous years you stayed at the table because i was actually noticing for sure that i did that as well because with the new like iphone you can track your your distance walked and your steps and all that and i was looking at how much movement i i did Mm -hmm. over the course of the the weekend from friday through sunday and Friday was kind of a weird day because I, I had to work a half day so I was kind of running around at work and um, then I got to the, to the convention but like Saturday I moved around like a motherfucker I was bouncing around buying trade paperbacks and walking all over the convention but then Sunday I noticed I walked around about a third as much I stayed put on Sunday and it's, it's right there right there in the app it doesn't lie well, you, all, you were also dedicated to finishing your Sue Storm artwork. That's true. I did kind of stay put. And, and I, I sort of felt bad about it because I wasn't as engaged. <laughs> I, I kind of, like, let everybody else engage people. And I thought, well, if somebody says, what are you working on? I can at least show them, hey, it's comic book related. It's not like I came to work working on <laughs> my regular work. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was dedicated. I was going to finish that thing. And yeah. then I was going to maybe show the Iron Siren, hey, look what you've inspired me to do, but I was way too shy. I I did go over and talk to her, though, for a, a short bit. Yeah, I did, um, I did a couple
0: laps around the con, but, um, you know, for the most part I thought that I just wanted to hang out at the table and see what was going on there. That's we where the action was. Good location, we had a, you know, good group of people around us, and, um... And what was also nice was that, I, you know, I got to talk to Jamal Igle and the first day, on Friday, as soon as we got there, before it got busy, I went over and talked to Katie Cook. Um, I think her, her um, website is Katie Can Draw, and she draws the current IDW My Little Pony book. Mm. And around the comic circles, I think she's a fairly big name, and... I didn't expect her to be there, so when I saw that her table was sort of diagonal from us, I was like, you know what, I need to go, I need to go talk to this this person and see what's up, and you know, just tell them like I told Jamal Eigel, I appreciate your work, you know, read your stuff, you know, it's really good, really, really dig it.
2: So you told Katie Cook, I,
0: I read your stuff and I really dig it. I don't buy My Little Pony, but I'm a uh, frequenter of her website. Okay. okay. Yeah, she does really, really cool stuff. What does she do on our website? Um, she draws her own comic. Uh, I think it's called Gronk. Gronk about a
2: little monster and a little.
0: About grunk. a little tight end. About a little tight end out, out of New of England. England.
1: Patriots.
2: That's football talk, oh, You wouldn't understand. Nor would you, Matt. <laughs> now I, I suppose you'd understand more than me. I would understand more than you. I know. Th- I knew who
0: he was. Is that what's his name? Ray Gronkinelli? Gronkinelli?
2: Yeah. yeah, that's
0: pretty close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, know Rob, that. I know Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, I hate that guy.
3: Well, you are, you're You also saying that... Uh, I hate the Gronk? I do. That you said, like, not to put the damper on things, about the back room not giving us a good time at the con. We, yeah, wherever we're at, we're having a fun time. But with us being in the big room, that is where McSauce had a better experience. Like, McSauce as a webcomic, as a, as a website, as a podcast, we, we didn't really have the... We had fun, but we never had the foot traffic... For us to really push the product. What and this did, year, oh, sorry. with our location, that's when we actually were able to push the product of Mix Sauce itself. Because basically just off a day out of the Comic-Con, after last year, it took us a week to get the feedback that we got within 24 hours.
1: Yeah, just sitting here tonight, we've, we've gotten, what,
3: eight? At le- yeah. N- we, eight we, likes or, eight, or so? Yeah, eight likes over the past week. And I think four since we've been sitting here doing show prep tonight. Yeah, some some good feedback and everything. So what thank did, you so much.
2: What did we learn? Did we learn anything this year as far as like what, how we want to approach things next year or for the next convention?
1: Yeah, we learned that free free stuff sells. Free buttons are the way to go. We also learned that we're probably going to have to cater our. The things that we're selling more towards the audience that's there, which means more Doctor Who, more character I hate stuff, Doctor Who! More Deadpool-inspired things. Hate Doct- I also hate Deadpool. Doctor Deadpool. And Deadpool. more V. Be- Doctor Deadpool. Doctor Deadpool. Yes. Notorious. Why don't
2: we horror. just do a fucking Doctor Who-Deadpool mashup and just be done with it? Like, two birds with one motherfucking <laughs> stone.
3: Oh, man. Well, no, People it wouldn't, wouldn't be two birds because that's twice as many buttons of it but, but to make. But, dude...
1: Deadpool, Doctor Who, 8-bit video game character, bang, bang, boom, nice all shop. three of them died. All
0: existing in the... <laughs> what the hell is that?
1: Homestuck?
0: Uh, no, the other one. Team Fortress. All existing in the Team Fortress universe. True, Team
1: Fortress.
2: <laughs> Team Fortress is the, um, the term that we gave to any cosplayer that we did not recognize.
1: Because we're old guys, I think, and we love our comic books, pop culture, TVs and movies, but we're not really deep into video games. While we have a webcomic, we don't really read tons of web comics or memes or things like that. We're not but, hip but like not, the kids.
0: Not all webcomics are you know, video game, current video game related. You know, I read least at least I could do not video game related at all. Um, My Extra Life by Scott Johnson. That sounds like a
1: video
2: game.
0: Thing. Uh,
1: it's totally a video game one, but we'll we'll allow it since Paul said it and he wants to be right. So. But
2: I thought he was trying to make a point that they're not all video games. He was and trying to
1: make a point, one but what he said in, is
2: totally video.
0: Yes,
1: one hundred percent. But we'll go. Keep going. You know what? You got me. But <laughs> how about how about that other one, Penny Arcade?
0: Not video game related oh, at all. Hey. Here's. Here's the thing about Penny Arcade and My Extra Life. I got you. Unlike some just random cosplayer that we don't know what they are, the creators of Penny Arcade and My Extra Life gear each strip to the general public. You don't, maybe not Penny Arcade all the time, but there's never been a Scott Johnson My Extra Life strip that. I didn't understand the joke of. The humor always translates. in both of them. And always some deep cut video game shit, but it's always something I understand. Same with Penny Arcade. Some, sometimes I don't know. Sometimes Penny Arcade gets deep. Yeah. Deep. I'd say ninety percent of the jokes I get. But stuff like F minus, it's funny. That's not anything related. It was.
2: It was pretty cool. Conks. I don't remember the the guy's name, but there was somebody that stopped by for a little bit and started comparing, uh, unsolicited, started comparing the strip to Penny Arcade.
0: Yeah, he was like, oh,
2: you guys are Penny
0: Arcade, but for comics instead of video games. Which is exactly... You, I wasn't there, but you guys said,
1: yes, we are. Yes, we are. Equally as successful. Yeah.
0: Were you there for that? I wasn't there. You weren't no, there I for was, that. No, I wasn't at the booth. That's exactly what happened. Funny because that's the exact opposite of what I said.
1: <laughs> what did you guys true. say? That what is did, true. You, what I did, did you
0: say? We are just like Penny Arcade, except what? unsuccessful. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Self-deprecating people like it. They do. Yeah. class self. Shit. Uh, I
1: gotta chub that Can't up, escape. son.
0: That's Matt's area of expertise. <sighs> the half chub. I'll get in in a little bit.
2: You know, it's, it's just enough not so you're not the, totally embarrassed. Not
0: quite the Dom's area of you're going to feel it on your molars. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm like a jackhammer. Uh. I go in hard, and you're, di- you're not the same when I'm done. And your dick's not the same? <laughs> no, you're not the same after I come with that hard sell. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, so, did you just butcher that? By
1: the way, probably. Well, oh I, I barely understood. What was your favorite? So, part? my, uh, my uh, favorite fun find. Uh, I uh, copyright uh, Dominic Yossi. You can't use that. By
2: the way, Paul never specified what his fun find was. No, my fun find was meeting all the new people.
0: Oh, meeting wasn't. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: my fun find was something that I dreaded. The moment I said yes to it, which was the charity quick Homosexual sketch. Homosexual sex. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 I drowned it. found said, it quite i like, said, oh no,
3: I'm
1: going to love this. The charity quick sketch.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> never
1: mind. Where oh, some of the, the artists that were attending got up on a panel. Uh, the audience paid a dollar to get in it was for research for cancer Uh, we helped raise over a thousand dollars McSauce as well as you know other famous artists that people actually came in to see we sat there and people yelled out different things that they wanted us to draw or we could just just draw the things that we wanted to Um, I was really nervous I wasn't really sure that I should be up there on the panel, Uh, but I went up, me and Paul went up, represented McSauce, and did a few different drawings there. Um, I did Skeletor, Zatanna, Gonzo, Super Mario, I believe that's all that I did. And uh, I saw oh. none of them. What, did you not get pictures? I, did, I didn't or? take pictures because you, you did the sketch and you kind of laid it up there. And they came along, they picked it up, they held it up. And then at that point, um, you know, they started doing the raffle and raffling off all the sketches. Every, every
0: year we learn a little bit more about what to do in a quick sketch. Last year I did it by myself. Yeah. So I know you were nervous. but I was nervous. You at least had me to go up there with you. Whereas last year I was like, "Buddy, best friend, do this with me," and you were like, "Who are you?" No. And I was like, "All right, I guess I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to navigate these dark waters alone." You're so brave, Paul. That's why we all admire you. But now that I think about it, I'm sure that there were people in the crowd that you know paid their money for a. a Specific Stuart Sager drawing or a Jamal Igle, and then they were like Charlie Brown in the bag of rocks when they got mixed up.
1: I got or, a McGinty. <laughs> <laughs> wait,
2: wait, wait. How, did or, it, how did that
1: work? It was a raffle, uh, so yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, you could have gotten a prof. You could have gotten. Gavin Smith. Oh, shit. Or
3: you could have got
1: me in (laughs) sharply.
3: Yeah, they just kind of draw... You just draw just draw and oh, they lay everything out I'm so out. glad I didn't go to that and Art. then you pay like it's like it's a dollar oh, a, a dollar a ticket and you just buy like raffle tickets and I
1: love they started at the far end of the table where all the professionals that are like we. I worked for DC Marvel Image now I do my own oh, stuff oh you had to
2: say who you were you had to say who
1: you were and then it came down the line and me and Paul are sitting no, there which is why when I got the mic I was
0: just like Paul McGinty Mix Sauce Web Comic and Podcast hand the
1: mic to me, and I was basically like, Ian Sharpley, ditto! You, <laughs> you, know, you got some <laughs> other guys. Is that what you said? No, I said Ian Sharpley, also co-creator of sauce comic book. And you gotta go in... You gotta go in positive. You gotta
0: go in with... Like, I got a little Dominic Yossi in me. I was given the hard sell. Because there was a couple... you get
3: more than a little bit of me. <laughs> but, you know.
0: There were a few guys before us, he was like, hey, my name's Wichamacall, and I do this, and... None of you probably know it. And I'm like, alright, I appreciate your self-deprecation, but... Like... uh, It's like... People love that! You said it yourself! Insert... When Channing Tatum does his bit and This Is The End, that's funny. That's good self-deprecating. Yeah, but... But this guy, I I feel like he was just taking away from what he was doing up
2: there. I gotta interrupt you. That's not what you just... Don't bring Channing Tatum into the conversation... You were talking earlier when a, a convention goer came up to you, and you're like, yes, we're like Penny Arcade. Well, we suck. Well. Yeah. That's that's not a good sell. That's right. not that's not was, a good self-deprecating. Which was a lesson learned,
0: because when I went up to do the quick sketch, then I was like, fuck that. Boom. Where So this? you
2: learned the lesson right away and applied your newfound... Uh, exactly. I was like, I'm
0: going to pretend like all of you know what this is. Right. And you're gonna like it. But there's a there's a big difference. Like I think what works for us and our artwork, like there's Gavin Smith who's gonna draw these really cool stylistic images yeah. of you know, little Spider Man silhouettes. Beautifully Swanky rendered and drawing. textured. Yeah, there's the same beautiful, beautifully rendered and textured Stuart, Stuart Sager's you know, artwork and like those guys work on like one big eleven by seventeen piece the whole time. But that's not what we do. We do cartoony stuff we can go up there and draw four to five funny fun amusing pieces of art that are going to be just as valuable but in different ways than
1: the quote-unquote artists because I went there. in there and I sat down and I was like I got nervous I was like what am I gonna do what am I gonna do And I was like I'll do what I can do I'm gonna draw Zatanna so I drew Zatanna and it took me Fifteen minutes, and I sat there and I looked at you, and I was like, "So I should do more, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know what? Each each artist plays plays at their strengths, and our strength is, you know, being funny and silly. And we're not gonna get in there and draw a photo photo realistic Alex Ross portrait of anyone. We're gonna go at up Superman. Yeah, we're gonna get up there and we're gonna draw. You know, Superman flexing his muscles, trying to get some poutine. Huh.
1: What we do? So yeah, that was my fun find. It was way better than I thought. I went in really nervous and expecting the worst. But next year, whenever we come back, I'll do charity quick sketch. Now why again didn't in a you do
2: it on Sunday when you had the opportunity? I was, positive experience I was tired, Matt.
1: I didn't want to do it anymore. I just Paul, didn't want to do it. Well, right what's your excuse? Because you didn't
2: do it on Sunday either.
0: He had to leave. No, it was it was earlier. I was exhausted. Wow. I, I, I had some good ideas because after after Saturday's quick sketch I was like all right you know next you know for tomorrow I was all ready to do it yeah the I started the entire night think- the entire Sunday morning I was like all right I'm doing this I'm doing this and then as it got closer to I think it was from 12 to one as it got closer to 12 o'clock I was I was fading and energy wise I didn't want to go up there and half-ass and force myself to put some stuff out that may not be as good as I Cause could Because it
1: do. feels like a little bit of a performance, because you sit up there on a panel, and there's a room full of people watching you do stuff. So there's a lot of adrenaline flowing when out. you're sitting there drawing in front of people. That, I've never done that before. I did it so. last
0: year, and this year, and there's a couple dudes that get up there, and it's, it's an hour. It's an hour-long thing. You, you draw one thing for an hour. You can draw as many as you can for that hour. And then you're out and there's some dudes that, you know, they draw one thing. They're done at the half hour. Drop the pens are out. Peace. I'm like, come on, man. You can hook something else up. Like, you're a real artist.
1: It's for charity. You now either do it or don't even come in. Like, it came down to there were ten minutes left. And I was like, I finished my one drawing. And I was like, in ten minutes, what can I do? I was like, eh, Super Mario? I can do that. So... Um, I think next time going in, I'll have a couple ideas because a lot of people didn't yell out things like I thought they were that, going to do.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. Last year, what last year when I did it, it like the audience is—it's a audience participation thing. Yeah. the audience yells out certain things. like Optimus Prime with a Green Lantern ring, and that's right on my wheelhouse. So that's what I drew. But this year, I, I feel like it was crickets. Yeah, like, when a I, handful of people yelled stuff out, and they yelled out like. Super obscure video game
3: stuff. Wait, yeah, where I was like, Wait, I don't even know what that
0: is. Yeah, I was like, I don't even know how to Google that.
3: I went in on this on the quick sketch on Sunday because I had ideas I wanted yeah. to yell out. Because I'm sitting, I was like, you know what? I had fun yelling some stuff out last year. The couple things that I yelled out did get drawn. And Sixteen I inch penis. Saw... Yeah, they took a photo. <laughs> but they, <laughs> but, but yeah, last year I yelled some things out and it got drawn and I was I was really happy with it. And this year I went in, I had a couple new ideas what I wanted to do, and they didn't ask for any, any, any audience participation. And it kind of bummed me out because i are just kind of sitting there and everyone's just drawing and they're passing time thanking all the people who are working and thanking the people for um, like, spending their time in this room, but they didn't ask for any audience participation. And that seems like something that they normally do at this quick sketch that they didn't do this year. But I guess the one lady who normally MCs it wasn't there. Yeah. So it was kind of like under new management. Like, we got, like, everyone just trying to wing it to get through this, and they, things were out of place. So Weak. I think that's kind of where we lost.
0: And your dad got a really cool
1: sketch from someone. He did. Was, was
0: that a... Uh, Huntress?
1: I thought it was Batgirl. I thought it was. I thought it was Batgirl. Was it Catwoman? It was Catgirl. Battriss. <laughs> It was some
0: sexy chick with long, dark hair and a purple costume.
3: Yeah, it,
0: it looked really
3: good. I, I, yeah, the purple costume, I was really picturing, like, a background. Yeah, and
0: that's the, that's the disappointing part of the ch- the charity quick sketch, because I, I saw the one your pops got, and I was just like, fuck, like man, That that's, poor person that's that got really really my
1: Monzo. Oh. That's really good. Uh, next year, I'm going to work on, I think I'm going to, like, work on some ideas before I go in. I'll I'm just not, speed you and up. And just gonna, pull them out from under the and table and no.
3: Uh, why Five minutes in, ten drawings. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sharply they're still shitty. The sharply quick sketch. Uh, no, uh, I don't do a lot of work in, uh, in in real life. I don't do a lot of. Pencil to actual paper, marker. It's the first time that I picked up a marker in a few years. Oh,
2: and you tried to ink your drawing? And I tried to... Yeah,
1: oh, yeah, 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 um, Ian was, did... I, I'll tell this Yeah, one. go ahead, Matt. So Ian
2: did this pretty cool uh, Electra-inspired drawing because, like we mentioned earlier, these fitness models across from us were dressed as different characters. One was dressed as Electra. One was dressed as uh, Sue Storm, who... Between me and Ian, we each drew them. But anyway, Ian drew Electra, and it was a really good sketch that he did. And I think he was very happy with it, and then he decided to ink it with a marker. Yeah. And he may as well have inked it with his dick. Because oh, it Oh,
0: shit son. Is it, is it was, with a with a flaccid dick, not Dominic's hard cell dick either. No.
2: Well it was it was it. definitely a flaccid cell. And and it was it it killed it. Luckily, Luckily. Ian, Ian had taken a picture of this of this artwork, and he was able to salvage it. He took it home. He drew, he colored it in, and then he posted it on the um, on the Facebook page. Right,
1: I posted it on Facebook page. Um, I, I did a few sketches that uh, while I was at the con, I sketched them out, took them home, and used the more comfortable format of digital, uh, you know, Photoshop, Sketchbook Pro, those tools that I'm more comfortable with. And finished uh, that off. So I am glad that I had the foresight to know myself and that I was going to fucking butcher that drawing. So I took that picture. It, I, I did that. It's and not I,
2: that you did it badly. I, I honestly feel like the fact that it was a marker and the paper was on and it just bled. It bled
1: everywhere. And it didn't. Yeah. It.
2: I think mo- more than than your skills as an artist. It was. It was a. Result
1: of the medium you were using, and you know what? Like I said, I haven't picked up a Prismacolor marker in possibly maybe three years. It's been a very long time. Yeah, I don't
2: think people ordinarily ink with Prismacolor.
1: I no, thought I true. could get away with it. I think yeah. I thought I could get away with some nice, like chunky, maybe even Frank Miller style inks. But a, I'm not Frank Miller in his prime. And, B, I haven't used those tools in a long time. Yeah, it looked so.
2: like... Actually, when you were done, it looked like current Frank Miller artwork. That's, <laughs> That's so bad it Oh, no.
1: So, I did that. I, I also did a Velma that I sketched out and then took home and worked it out. Why did you Velma? Because we had a, um, uh, a fan walk by... A new fan walk by... Oh, a cos- new fan. Co- cosplaying. A new cosplaying fan. As Velma. And... Um, from Punxsutawney, I believe I believe so I believe her name was Joni yes, yes that's correct and I was inspired by her wonderful costume to uh, sketch that up so well that's cool is as, as fun and cute as her Velma costume was
0: favorite costume of the weekend for me was Lewis Tully <laughs> Lewis I didn't see Louis Tully. He was he was Lewis Tully with the strainer and all yes, the wires have some. and the helmet. Oh, I
3: missed him.
2: There were some good ones. The Hulk on stilts was entertaining, uh, mainly because of the way he navigated and the because he picked up one of the Iron Sirens. Yes, he did. Like she was
0: nothing. And if, if you're, if which you're strong, which makes me think he really was the Hulk. he was the Hulk. If you're strong enough to pick up a diesel chick, when you're on stilts
2: and he walked with her.
3: Yeah, yeah. he did you're, it. He lifted her with no no problem. Well done. I on think I was with pout. Ian yeah.
2: when we watched him actually walk out of the convention doors to go outside and he had to duck down to get through the doorway. And not just to like put his head down, this dude had to duck had to, to get through it. And he didn't slow down even the slightest as he went through. I was like, "Oh my! Be careful, Hulk!" I thought he was. Seeing it. And, and he was, was
1: like, "I got this!" And just psh, psh, walked right underneath it. He was. Wow. He was on his way to go pick up another
0: woman. And is that your favorite cosplay of the con? The Hulk?
2: No, uh, I think Velma was my favorite. Velma was fantastic.
1: She was very sweet.
2: She, her personality went very well with the costume. However, the one that probably got the most mileage for my convention dollar was probably the twin um, Aquaman and Batman. Oh, those <laughs> kids were awesome. Super skinny Aquaman, awkward, super skinny
1: Batman, awkward Aquaman and thin Batman. Totally
2: homemade costumes. And I love the 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 just the finishing touch of the sneakers with the but, entire outfit. But they were but they were well done homemade costumes. They were like, pretty well done. The the
0: Batman kid was wearing like a Batman Begins type just face mask, but he had some kind of homemade cowl with the ears.
2: Yeah, yeah, it
0: wasn't bad. Went but with it. They he,
2: he taped on a bat symbol on his shirt, and I just thought, man, there's like so many. Other ways to do that. Store-bought These thing. kids It'd were be-
0: at least six feet tall, maybe six two. But 90 they weighed pounds
2: soaking wet. Uh-huh. 90 pounds yeah. soaking
0: wet. So, I mean, no muscle mass on these kids whatsoever. So, the spandex was hanging. It was baggy. But these kids were just rocking and they rolling. So- Every, sh- time, you Sat- it yeah. Yeah, it Every
3: time you looked around on Saturday... Was it Saturday? Saturday. Every time you looked around on Saturday, all were- you saw was the like the bright orange t-shirt of Aquaman and they were in between together, all the exhibits. And they were always summer. walking
1: very fast. Very I, yeah. fast. They
2: didn't stop for shit. They just did laps around the, the convention. That's how they you burn know,
1: all that those yeah. calories. What
2: they should have been, based on their builds, they should have been Jack Skellington. but <laughs> Instead, they opted for DC superheroes. But they, I loved it.
1: And when you think about it, they were kind of like one of the only superheroes. Classic super instantly recognizable superheroes. Because a lot of
2: people tend to put more uh, emphasis for themselves on kind of the creativity of the idea of the costume rather than who they're actually going to be. Like, you know, certain people want to do like maybe a a riff on a certain character or, or something obscure where they almost want you to be like, who the fuck are you? But these kids, they were characters that you knew, and they did a pretty good job at it. So I, I enjoyed looking at those costumes.
1: I think uh, there was a Captain America, the uh, World, World War II Captain America with the helmet. Good. That one was pretty good. Um, there was a there was a
2: very uh, slim pickings of Star Wars characters. I didn't see much in that regard. And I, I made the comment, I think to Paul at one point, so there really wasn't much Star Wars action at this combat. There were two you...
1: unemployed clone troopers, and that's the only oh, thing right. that they I can remember. Apart.
2: I think I saw like a kind of a half-assed Jedi Knight or something. Yeah, I was
0: gonna say I don't think there was we there was even your standard, you know, stormtrooper. Like the
3: five o first wasn't there, and they're usually there.
0: Yeah, but there wasn't even like your basic Jedi. No, there weren't a basic Someone Jedi in a brown
3: robe. I think I
2: saw somebody at one point over the weekend, but the point I was making is I think next year, because next year's convention is September 11th through the 13th, I guess, I think Star Wars is going to be blown the fuck up next year uh, with the new movie coming out. And it's just kind of interesting, kind of the way. Right now, we're sort of in that transition where we're just sort of waiting for stuff. Batman, Superman movie... Uh, Avengers, the next Avengers, the next Star Wars. Um, you know, I, I think if
1: Rocket Raccoon wasn't two feet tall, maybe we would have had more people dressed as him. I'm surprised there was no Groot. There were, uh, there might have been one Star Lord that I saw. Oh, yeah. i was surprised
3: that there was, wasn't more Guardian stuff. Yeah, there, you, you could have easily done a Drax. Yeah. If you, you were ripped. Yeah, if you, but, yeah, you
0: no. Know, well, those two skinny kids had no problem. That would have being been
1: hilarious. Characters. Yeah,
2: they should have been Drax and Hulk.
1: That would have been awesome. Yeah,
2: <laughs> next year. Hopefully, we see them next year. Now, um, any other closing thoughts on the Comic Con before we dive into our Gotham review?
0: Nope. Yeah, had a great time. Uh, yeah. Met some great people. It was a long weekend. I slept really good last night. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah. Overall, I, I had a great time, and I uh,
1: can't wait for the next one.
2: I can't wait as well. I'm so excited. And you know what else? I'm excited to do more artwork.
1: I'm excited for you, Matt. We'll post uh, your Sue Storm on the website. So whenever you... You'll see his artwork before you even hear it on the podcast. Because it'll be right there with the link to the podcast.
0: So last Monday, Fox premiered the first episode of their Gotham series. Um not based on, but set up similarly to Ed Brubaker's GCPD series about uh, what the Gotham Police Department is doing without Batman in the picture. We all sat down and watched it. I know how some of you feel about it. But let's start with maybe the most flammable
2: review. And uh, let's
0: turn to Matt Casale. Do you
2: really want to start with me? you really want to kick this off with a bang? Or do you want to maybe save th- that for last?
0: Ian Sharply, go. <laughs> it
1: was pretty good. Don't All wait, right, do think I liked it.
3: Paul. <laughs> no, I, I I enjoyed the show. There was one. Are we not going to really go back to Ian? He's really done? Yeah, he's really done. Okay. Well, yeah, that, make... that was as in depth as Ian goes. Okay, go ahead. He's he soft to sell. Oh, that was it was great. great. <laughs> Flaccid. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. Um, I watched Gotham. I did like it. Um, the one one scene bothered me, where it, it just it really it took me out. The one scene when uh, uh, Gordon is chasing after the alleged murderer, the the alleged killer of uh, the Waynes. During the, get killed. Yeah, sorry, I f I I didn't tell you that. Um during the chase scene, there was a mounted camera that was on James Gordon a couple <laughs> times that flipped up to him. And it, it, it was it took me out. And I'm judging by the look on Paul's face and the giggle at Matt's given, I'm thinking that is probably a universal thing then. Ian. Yeah. It was silly. <laughs> yep. Thank you. Paul? It was
1: so
0: weird because it was like that. It didn't fit with the rest of- No. It. The sh- the show at all the way everything else was filmed. All of a sudden, I was like, "What the fuck?
1: Are we watching a GoPro video here or something?" It would it 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 Which really makes pulled me, me think, up. Like where in production they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna splice this in. It's gonna be really cool. It's gonna be
2: yeah." And then they went away from it, cut to more of a traditional chase scene shot, and then they went
1: back, they went to, went it back to it
2: again.
0: I'm
1: like, "What are you doing?" They,
3: <laughs> I think I counted uh, three cutaways that they uh, went back to the GoPro angle. Yeah, but
0: there were, there were three. Between the first and second was the longest space between them. Yes. And as the seconds ticked on, I was like... Man, I'm glad that was over. You can almost I'm glad hear them bringing that back. <laughs> you and then can... they did.
1: You can almost hear them having discussion like, should we go back to it? Should we go back to it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I must I it was that. They must high five. <laughs> like, do you see that shot? But what's cool is so it? good. It's just the pilot, I'm sure. It's, it's like you're there. It's like you're there in his face during the chase. <laughs> it's
0: like you're in a fucking baby carrier on his chest when he's <laughs> chasing down this guy.
1: Yeah, I uh I really liked <laughs> I really like the environment that was created in that, you know, GoPro aside. I thought Gotham City looked really cool. I like the dynamic between um, the the police department and Jim Gordon. You really get the uh, idea that he is struggling against a corrupt police department. I I even like Fish Mooney. I thought she was okay. I, I like that there's somebody... Um, that's a step ahead of the Penguin and somebody that he has to kind of overturn as, to be the kingpin of Gotham's you know, underworld crime. Um, I didn't like that they crammed everything into the pilot. Every character that you're ever going to see in this show, they just put them all there. It felt a little rushed. At times, I kind of felt like, am I missing something? Because we're going awfully fast. You got to see everybody... Um, so that was that was a little much for me. I thought it was well acted. I thought it looked pretty good. And I didn't think that they went outside of the reach of their budget. So I was pretty happy with it. That's my actual review. Do you, do
2: you want to give it a number score are we saving that? Um, are we saving it? Well, give us a number score. You just gave us the review. Give okay, us a
1: I'll give it. I was very happy with it. I'll give it a 7 out of 10.
2: Now, Don, back to you for a second because you didn't really finish your your thoughts on the show. You were pulled out with those what I felt were incredibly artistic. <laughs> uh, baby baby sling carriage shots. What else?
3: Um, I liked the Enigma character. like the first like his first introduction, he immediately was you you were hit with the riddles. He was like, "Now nah, well, wait, what? He just quizzed a couple things and they were like you know what you know enigma you really need to get out of here and they they called him out on it i liked the enigma character he looks spo- he looks really good the oswald cobblepot looks really good um i'm also going to give it about a 7 it, w- it was a good pilot we don't do about is it a 7
1: is it a hard 7 well, you gave it a 7.5 seven we've
2: never done points I didn't
1: say like a... 7 he five. he gave it a 7 what podcast well, are you listening to uh, sir uh,
2: I don't
0: know. Maybe he's recording maybe a gearbox or he's something. He's recording a different one right now. Matt's doing other podcast research while he's trying to be on this one.
3: I thought I heard it. I thought I, I didn't I could... say point five
2: at all. Are you sure? I'm going to add that in just so that way I'm right. You'll be like, I, <laughs> I give it a, it a seven, in intimate five. Point five. <laughs> five.
3: Mm. Um,
0: Don, what was what was your least favorite thing? About
3: The GoPro, probably the GoPro, because that one, like everything else, it it really just pulled me out from that one scene, and it was something they never. It wasn't in any part of the other scenes at all, and there were there were a couple high octane scenes, and you too, GoPro cam, least favorite part.
1: I didn't like the fact that we had to see every single person all the time. That was probably the crammed nature of the pilot. Even though it's pilot, I understand that. It just felt rushed. See, that was my least favorite. I don't think it was too crammed
0: because all the promotion leading up to the show coming on, I felt like for a month there, every week, we were getting, oh, this person's going to be this person. Oh, this person's going to be this character. I'm like, how many fucking people are you cramming into this season? But we only got two people crammed into this first episode. So as far as cramming unnecessary Man, characters in, I, I only counted
3: two. I don't know if it was an Easter egg at all, but did you notice that they sent Gordon to Grundy Lane?
0: I didn't notice. That. Yeah,
3: somewhere early on, they sent him like, like 123 Grundy Lane, and I wasn't sure if that was going to be...
0: Grundy's some... he's. The DC's turned him into some weird quasi-Batman character. He started as a Alan Scott Green Lantern villain, and then he turned into a Justice Society bad guy. And at some point, he's been involved in a lot of Gotham stuff. It's yeah. just
1: like, he's popular, seems like he would fit in this universe. We're going to push him that way.
0: Yeah, he was even in the uh, Jeff Loeb... Tim Sale, um, Long Halloween, and Dark Victory stuff, and Maybe they that's focused where it even on started. some classic, some classic Batman villains and that, and he even showed up in there.
1: What did you think, Paul?
0: I liked it quite a bit. Um, I, uh, I oh, was the the, comedian? the as funny as the GoPro cam was, and as much as that pulled me out of it, the worst part I had with it was. Um, was the Edward Enigma scene?
3: Which one? Uh, the the only one
0: with Edward Nigma in
3: it. Oh, when he was actually being the CSI yeah, person. You know, it, you know I, I
0: can I can let the GoPro clip
3: slide. Um, but that that was a, that was a pretty spot on enigma, though. That is what he would do, where he would ask you the question in. You're in a gritty
0: Fox drama. This is serious. There are heavy stakes. Fish Mooney is having her boys beat up some dude just because. And then you get a USA scene where all of a sudden shit gets funny and Edward Nigma is the comedy relief and he keeps saying stuff and riddles and it's silly. And the way his character was written was 180 degrees from everything else that was in that episode. They need to wind him fucking back. They beat you over the head with the fact that he was going to be the riddler. No need to do that. Do some fucking arrow shit where it's subtle. The casual viewer tuning in doesn't need to know he may be the riddler. Let them be surprised if the show makes it to season 5 and you're like, "Holy fuck. That's that was the riddler this whole time." You don't need to fucking hammer it home. And that was the only scene in the entire show that I was like, "This is bullshit. This is garbage." But everything else, I thought was spot on. I was really surprised that they made Harvey so dark. I thought he was going to walk a little more yeah. of the line, but no, they were like Harvey's okay with murdering people for the greater good. That's cool. Yeah,
3: I was the, like, holy shit. Har- Harvey was a shock, but I'm not going to say that is the part I didn't like.
0: Oh, I I was okay, I was okay with it. I was just surprised that they went that dark with him because yeah. you know in the animated series and the books. He walks the fine line of Correct. you know corrupt cop, but I was really I was kind of surprised that they went over and they were like, yeah, this dude's messed up. Um, the current detective comics run with Francis Manapul and Brian Buchiolato, they're fleshing out the character of Harvey a little more. They're letting, they've let you see a little more of his home life, what he's about when he's not at work, and you've never really seen that before. So and it's it's been really cool. You know, they're they're maintaining Harvey's heroism. He's not a corrupt cop, and I think uh, Gotham has an opportunity to walk a pretty fine line with it. And you know, they have a hard job to do if they're going to make him a corrupt
2: cop and make him likable at the same time.
0: But I thought it was interesting. Do I like you think Fish that they did that
2: in in the first episode because I mean they sort of established him as corrupt essentially. Yeah, 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 so far. But not not full-blown corrupt, the willing to walk that...
1: Yeah, line. it was... It even was the fact s- that he shows up to the murder scene, he's like, uh, you never saw me. I don't want this one. Like, but, the, yeah, and that's just... kind of not That's even, just
0: lazy... That's just lazy cop. But at the, at the I, end when he's like, you gotta kill... You gotta kill Cobblepot. It's cool. Don't worry about it. I was like,
2: fuck. He's, he's a bad dude. But, you know, as, as comic book fans or... Maybe even maybe even your casual viewer realizes that Cobblepot's gonna be the penguin, and he's destined for some pretty bad things. Harvey was right, he should have killed him. that's one less dude that Batman would have to worry about in the future, yeah,
0: and you know there's he's not wrong about the you know sometimes you gotta do bad things for the greater good, but like we've never seen Harvey depicted as. On that, so far on that no, side of the le- line that's
3: a level of corruption that we haven't seen Harvey. Before.
0: Right, and you know I'm sure his arc through you know the first season or first two seasons is going to be, you know, his redemption at the hands of Jim Gordon. But seeing him that far gone at that point, like it's it's interesting. I'm in.
3: Yeah, there, it's going to have to be a major redemption because in the like knowing that uh, from what we know from the rest of the Batman universe. Gordon, uh, Gordon and Bullock have a relationship together. They have, they're 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 close. They have a working relationship. But as of right now, I don't see uh, Gordon calling this Bullock an ally at all. Not yeah So somehow they're going to have to do a redemption, or he's really going to have to cut himself back to make himself even. Remotely close to getting on yeah. Jim's good side. I was
0: happy with all the acting in the show too. Like I don't, uh, aside from the weird Edward Enigma bit, and I don't think that's on the actor. I think it was just written poorly. Uh,
3: yeah, because it's gonna. You know, I, it looks like a good Enigma.
0: Jada Pinkett Smith, Fish Mooney, the guy that plays Oswald
1: Cobblepot. I think he stole every scene that he he's he in. He's a creepy-looking He's a character actor that's been in a lot of stuff. Too. I felt like
0: I recognized yeah, him. Yeah, I know
1: he was in The Walking Dead last season, I want to say. I that
0: season. Um, Acting-wise, I thought
1: everyone did a great job. No one missed a beat.
2: Yeah.
0: No.
1: It was um, one of the more high-quality shows from Fox, I think. But we've said a whole lot of things. Let's turn it over to Matt TV
3: kind of connoisseur. That
0: would be Robin Lord Taylor, as uh, Oswald
1: Carpenter.
3: TV's Matt Cassow.
0: He was in one episode of The Walking Dead. Guess a he character was. character named Sam. I'm sure he's dead. Okay.
2: Yes, he is. Go ahead, Matt. TV's Matt Cassow. Give it to us. Well, you guys have been talking a lot about it, so I went out and I bought a television set. Um, <laughs> rabbit ears? Rabbit ears. Got the the whole hook up. And... Um, yeah, I decided to watch TV for the first time ever. I'm impressed. Yeah. Now, can you? where did you find Rabbit Ears? Uh, I don't know. So, getting back to you for a second, Paul, did you give it a grade? Out of ten? As a one-episode pilot. As a one-episode pilot. And, and I also want to clarify, when we're talking about, when we give these grades, are we comparing it to just, TV in general, like or superhero TV or
1: what do TV we in general? I uh, like. Did you enjoy it? I enjoy. I, I give it a seven because I enjoyed it, and I'm also looking forward to. It, it's also playing into. I think this is going to be good. I think that from this here, I can expect more. Did okay. So
2: before Paul, you give your score, Ian. Did this alter your going in? Obviously, you had expectations but you saw the show, have your expectations been altered?
1: I, I, I think so. I, I give it a one-point pilot swing.
2: One-point positive pilot swing? Positive
1: pilot swing. I think I was at a six. Mm-hmm. Just kind of worried that there might not be a great execution on some of the stuff, but it yeah. looked pretty good so far. Um, we'll, we'll see, okay. but it looked good to me so far.
2: And Dom, you also um, had, what were your expectations for going in?
3: Probably the same as Like I, I'm, I'm, ex, I'm excited for all the comic book shows that are coming out this year. Yeah. Um, I really want to see every single one to judge how they're going to be. With Gotham, they kept showing you who's going to be in it, who's going to be in it, who's going to be in it. Everyone they've introduced can and did look like the character they were trying to portray. So that was... They had me on all the actors. I liked who they all were portraying. After seeing the execution, it... It exceeded my it exceeded my expectations, mm-hmm. so I'll probably give it the one point swing. I was probably would have been a six after I saw it to the seven. Seven. For it's still I'm I'm still gonna watch the next episode. Okay. So it's a seven that could possibly. And what was your up.
2: review score?
3: Seven. So you guys are sevens across
2: the board. Seven and seven.
3: There seven were sixes seven. with a one point, one point swing seven. right
0: Correct. to a seven. Right. Six sixes expectation. Seven, no, six is excitement. Wait, what? They went, this first, <laughs> they went from six, six, six to seven. seven. Six, six to seven. seven. Thanks for clarifying. They expected a six, they got a seven. Paul, what did you expect it to be? Exhaust math, folks. Before I, before I give my Gotham number, I need to get this off my chest. I watched one of the best episodes of animated television I've ever seen today. Nickelodeon's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The episode, it's a full hour episode called The Invasion. I give it a fucking ten. Woo! This episode... First time
1: ever, by the way.
0: This episode was
1: perfect. Empire doesn't even get it. There was nothing wrong. Yeah, It does. It does. I don't think we've ever said it on this. There was nothing wrong with this episode of Ninja
0: Turtles. If you're not watching... Nickelodeon's Ninja Turtles. You're doing yourself a disservice. By the time this series is done, I will probably rank it with Batman the Animated Series for Best Animated Show. Because for as funny and, you know, entertaining and there's a lot of kid stuff going on in this Ninja Turtles show, this episode was fucking heavy. It was the Empire Strikes Back of this Ninja Turtles series. So good. Ten. Do yourself a favor and check the show out. I'm severely behind on that Now to Matt's show. question, Gotham. I think I, I think I expected a seven, and I will give it a seven.
3: Ooh, the no point pilot swing.
0: No point pilot swing. I think there's a. I think there's a lot of room for error. Yeah, if you're gonna put in a full twenty-two episode season, you're not gonna have that pilot budget to pull anyone in. Some episodes are gonna be stinkers. Um, I'm sure there's gonna be. There's probably gonna be a four in there throughout the season. Um, I really don't want them to push any more characters, but I know it's coming. But I, I liked it. Um, I really liked all... The, I thought everyone did a great job acting. I would have liked to have seen more from Ben McKenzie's Jim Gordon. But in all the situations he was too put much in, he had, to be, he had to be stoic and serious the entire time. I expect as the season moves on, we're going to see a little bit of a lighter side of him. We're going to see him smile and not give that stoic face every scene. Uh, but as far as the pilot goes, I would recommend it. Mm-hmm. Check it out.
3: Matt?
2: <laughs> um, so I watched it last night, and <clears throat> going into it, <clears throat> I was thinking... The more I heard about it, all the reviews that I had kind of heard from just people, was pretty lukewarm. Yeah, it was okay. it's alright. And I was like, I'm going to fucking hate this show. Like, because I think I was about a six going in. And the more that I saw... I think saw, you were almost
1: like a five. Like, you
2: were kind of down on it. I was, I like was kind of up there for a while, really? and then I think I started really examining the trailer. And I was starting to see maybe some cracks or perceived cracks in it. And I'm like, mm, I, think, I think it's not. I think as... what
0: Matt said about the trailer for the pilot was, "This looks like a fan film. This looks like someone put together on the internet." <laughs> that might I, be. Familiar. I think I did say that.
2: Um, I within the first five minutes of the show, because they they kill spoilers. Martha and and um, Thomas Wayne. Wait, that
1: happens.
0: How much would you have shit if they did the flashpoint and killed Bruce and Martha and left Thomas? <laughs>
2: I I don't know.
0: The internet would have exploded.
2: Um, th- so the first five minutes, you're you're treated to a scene that you have seen, told various times. You've read it in the comics a bunch of times. But you saw it in a different way you hadn't seen it quite the way that they did this and i, I realized immediately that this show has its own unique artistic style um you know it's not a tim burton kind of thing but it's equally as artistic just in a different way i was immediately noticing like kind of the lighting and general just Overall aesthetic of the show, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like, they made Gotham like feel like a like kind of like the comic book come into life, and they're doing they're making it feel like it's not a city that you know. Yeah, that's like that.
0: that CG budget, like, all the panning shots and the establishing shots didn't look like New York, but not even that like the, Chicago. The,
2: the panning shot when they first show Selena Kyle walking through the streets and the camera pans down to the street level. I don't know where the hell this is filmed. It, it may have been a stage, which I like. I like it when it feels kind of like fakey, sort of and
1: more artistic like Fish Mooney's club I yeah. thought was one of my favorite environments very colorful it was co- co- it was colorful but sleazy and it kind of had like that I don't know what era this is from yep. that we like from our Batman and stuff it was sleazy and it was it was sleazy like things and there were baby strippers there They're and it was totally sleazy. were. and the then, prostitutes but that was what I liked <laughs> but um i so,
2: I, I was immediately interested because I liked how artsy it was. And when I say artsy, usually that's, like, a negative thing. But in this case, it was cool. And then, you know, they do the whole thing where they kill Thomas and Martha Wayne. And I was like, that was, like, really intense. You see... Bruce Wayne screaming yeah. that his parents were killed. And it was like, this is an origin we've seen a million times, and yet I was like, kind of moved. There was blood. Eh? There was incredible. a lot of blood. This was the most violent yeah. uh, murder of the Waynes that we've ever seen, even including the, the Christopher Nolan versions.
0: Thomas choking out his last breaths while Bruce kneels over him. Right. Yeah, like in, was... in, the,
2: in the Christopher Nolan version, it's a little bit touching where his dad says, don't be afraid. But in this, he was just dead. There was no tender last-minute uh, message that he could that he could relay to Bruce. It was just a straight-up murder, and the, and the killer was a little bit like more ruthless and a little scarier because his face was covered. I, and the way they showed it with you looking right down the barrel of the gun, right from the the opening, like the cinematography had me, and I was like,
3: this is cool. Now I couldn't tell. I don't know if I. If, it, if I didn't see it or if I looked away but or if I did, looked away because I was scared ah oh, no, yeah. no okay oh. the, the, did, did it show the Waynes leaving the monarch no. and was it was, Mask it, Zora. was it Zora okay right. so it, it wasn't shown at all then
1: it was Guardians of the Galaxy that they were leaving they were leaving Man of Steel you dumbass <laughs>
3: They we are leaving Green Lantern. Oh, no. They were leaving Green Lantern when they shot Thomas. He said, Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you. That's what I was going
2: to say. The <laughs> 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 well, killer's just a So, um, so l- let me just kind of skip ahead a little bit. I liked the show, and I liked it a lot. Um, I thought that they did an incredibly good job with the visuals all the way through. Uh, to the acting. Um, I thought the acting was a little stilted, but part, partly it was done for stylistic reasons. I think the 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 dialogue was kind of stilted, so the acting sort of reflected that. Um, and yes, we were treated to all the characters that we already know, and they were already sort of doing their. Their thing, like Edward Nigma's already telling riddles, and Poison Ivy's already spraying a plant in the corner, and the so Penguin is doing his kind of weird penguiny stuff. Was that the Joker in the club? <clears throat>
1: well, isn't that the stick of this season? Is that they're going to hint at who could possibly be the Joker throughout every episode oh, of I the season? Know. I think that's what I didn't I, know if
2: they were going with the. I thought they they were going with the Alan Moore origin.
1: No, I read that they're gonna they're gonna
0: give clues. Like little hints throughout the season that maybe this person's a Joker. Oh, maybe it's this person. Oh, maybe it's this person. Okay. But they're never really. But this new world, well,
1: beforehand, I was really against it. In this new world that they're building, maybe I'll be okay with it. They seem to be doing a good job so far. Yeah, I'll give it some time. But I, I don't f-
0: think they're ever gonna say, it. That's, that's, and that's in fun. my opinion, that's the best way that's to fun. do it.
1: Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, I don't mind.
0: Like but I, in um, Scott Snyder's Zero Year, you don't really know if the Red Hood guy is... Yeah, it was was
3: never really straight out said, so you can think that it was him, because most people would, as per usual zero-year standards, but... Um,
2: I liked that that all of these characters had larger-than-life kind of personalities. They all had great introductions. My favorite one was Alfred's introduction, when the, the music starts building up, and you see kind of this silhouette get out of the car and, and Bullock's like, who the hell is that? And you, being a comic book fan, you know exactly who that is and the way that he comes and scoops up Bruce. I thought it was like a really powerful moment, um, probably the most powerful moment for me watching the show. Um, I think that even the, the kid that played Bruce Wayne was like kind of a badass, you know, like knowing that this is who is going to be Batman, the way... Um, Gordon says to him, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry that we didn't get to have a trial. And he's like, that's okay. And then when he shakes his hand later and, um, like, he kind of puts his hand out. And Gordon's a little surprised. Like, oh, this kid kind of has himself put together. And he shakes his hand. Um,
0: Gordon's like, don't worry, we'll get him. And Bruce is like, that's cool. I'm glad he's still out there. Yeah, it gives me a chance to get him. Right. Yeah.
3: You, I, I like, mean,
2: it, you know, the, the hint's... And I'll say, you know, put quotes around the word hints. It's very, very heavy-handed. It's very obvious, at least so far. Which is okay, because we kind of know it anyway. We know the characters, we know the story. And I'm just, like, enjoying what they're doing with it. You know, there was that early sequence where, um, after they investigated the murder of the Waynes, like, at the crime scene... Uh, Gordon and bullet go to the go to the diner in the morning and holy shit was that fucking cool looking you had this insane bright light pouring into the diner like like the sun was directly like shining inside and I was like you just don't see this on television this level of like aesthetics and I was just I'm blown it. away
1: that you're you're this behind it that's um, very surprising
2: it it reminded me... And this isn't going to make sense until I try to explain it. It reminded me a lot of Season 1 of Supernatural. And what I mean by that is that it had a very uh, distinct visual look that I felt Season 1 of Supernatural had that all the other seasons kind of lacked. And it, to me, they almost all those episodes felt like little mini-movies and they just felt like the production on them was a little tighter... And this kind of had that. Yeah, it had a real brisk pace. And yeah, they threw a lot at you. Um, but it didn't feel sloppy to me. Uh, I, I Like I said, every character kind of shined whenever they had their opportunity. And I just can't wait to see more of it. And, and not only that, I was liking it so much that it was like reinforcing how much I love the Batman character in that world. And I was trying to compare it to other comic book worlds, you know, Spider-Man, and Spider-Man's the one that always comes to mind, just because I feel like that's the the other most fully realized world that there is for like these characters, with like the incredible supporting cast that you know, and the the villain base and everything.
0: What really makes Gotham stand out, or what really makes Batman stand out from Spider-Man, is Gotham, because Gotham is its own character in a way that New York isn't.
1: And and I think that the supporting characters and the villains that you just talked about, Matt, there isn't another hero out there that could have basically their own show without them in it. Because
0: for as, as right. cool as Spider-Man's rogues gallery is, you still have to suffer suffer through goofballs like the Vulture and the Shocker. Yeah, maybe. And there's some weirdo C-list Batman villains, yeah. but the core of the Batman rogues gallery is pretty Pretty diesel. Yeah,
2: but the Spider-Man kind of cast of characters in general are a little more lighthearted and yeah, not, you know, heavy. Right. Um, I mean, if they did the Spider-Man show, it would call, be called The Bugle, and it would be starring J. Jonah Jameson or something. Um, but is there... Has the Spider-Man universe ever, ever established a police officer? Or
1: um, well, yeah, George
2: Stacy?
0: But then they got rid of him real yeah,
1: but, quick.
2: Yeah, but he's not, like... He's not around. Uh, Well, then you had Arthur Stacy, his his brother, who was around and still is. It's
1: it's nowhere near the same as what Batman, Gotham PD, uh, you know that whole thing. So, but um,
2: to give it a review, um, I give it a nine. I love it. So this is Thor the Dark Dark World World, World TV. TV. (laughs) Look out, kids! (laughs) Gotham the Dark World. It Gotham in the Dark World. It was so good. Um, I cannot wait to watch the next episode. I I'm glad that I you're this excited, man. might even watch it tonight. It's DVRing right now. You know, right now as we record this, it's 1030 at night. And yes, that's dedication
0: fans.
1: I'm upset that you're so excited about that's, that's it. That's dedication or that's Matt being super late to the podcast, whichever you want to call it.
0: Because I know I know what this is going to lead to. It's going to lead to the standard production quality of a non-pilot and by the end of the season, Matt 9 oh. is going to be a eh. Well, I'd mean, quit watching it. Yeah,
2: well, I mean, it could happen. I, I fell in love with The Walking Dead after the first episode, but then it started to, like, get kind of boring.
0: Same with Supernatural. Good first season, and then you're out.
2: Yeah, well, the whole season isn't a pilot.
0: Right. And Right. And that's what I mean. Like, I'm... Like, and It's cool and that you gave this a nine.
2: Let's right? be fair. I was in, into Supernatural for more than one season. It just wasn't... I liked the first season the best, but I liked it for a long time. Um, but even, even when you caught parts of this last season, you were like, all right. Yeah. This could be cool. Yeah. I, I didn't hate it, but sometimes certain shows like that are commitments, and if I'm not, you know, liking it enough, then I can't invest myself in it, but I'm liking Gotham enough, and I will be investing myself in that. Is there, when, when, when was it on? Nine? Yeah, I think so. Nine o'clock. It it just, it blew me away. It absolutely blew me away, and it made me like, you know, Batman's not even in it, and it made me love Batman even more. And it was like, this is the Batman that I love. Again, he's not even in it, but what I mean by that is, no fucking Huntress, no Bat, well, Batgirl's okay, I can tolerate Batgirl, but no, like, spoiler, no, um... Like seventeen thousand other Batman, no Azrael. other
1: Bat women, yeah. right. no
0: Azrael, no Onyx, no Leslie thomas right. Pared down. I like version. No right. anarchy. If you
2: want to give me Batman allies, I'll take I'll take Batgirl, Dick. Nightwing, Robin, Oracle, um, Oracle slash Batgirl, and and that's, that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. That I don't want any more because then then it starts to feel like the the Playing field is level.
0: Nightwing, the the difference between having Nightwing in there and a Robin creates a really nice texture between Batman and the former Robin, who he doesn't get along with anymore, and the current Robin, who gets along with both of them mm-hmm. and is the glue for that trifecta.
2: Yeah, it's excellent, and it it also creates like a. a I don't know, like a sense of time as well. You know, it shows that there's like some history there. And, you know, maybe... I could I could leave it as well, because it would be okay if it was just Batman and Robin. But man, do I hate that over-expanded Bat family. And so this doesn't have any of that, doesn't even have Batman yet, so I'm liking this Gotham.
0: Maybe a little over-expansive villain gallery so far. Yeah,
2: and, and what they, you know, let's face it, every time those villains showed up... They were doing their their thing that made them who they are. There was no like, hey, I wonder if that might be poison ivy. It's like, hey guys, look, it's poison ivy. See, yeah. see how she's right next to and a not, plant.
0: That was the problem. Like it had had they just said, you know, Mister Enigma, I and understand. just called him by name. Fine, Paul. I understand, but there was mean mean to be nothing be the subtle. No, there about wasn't. The show. There wasn't
2: nothing, mm-hmm. and I liked it. And it, and it reveled in yeah. how unsubtle it was.
3: I was okay whenever he, whenever Ivy answered the door and they called her Ivy. Okay, that's fine. But, all I hated that I, her but her then ten had to be sleep. wrapped up in the whole plot and like that. At least Just, her dad wasn't Joe Chill. So.
0: But this isn't, you know, having everyone wrapped up and so tightly wound up in the same universal plot lines, that's not very different than the spectacular Spider Man animated series, which we all really liked. Well, me and Ian really liked it. <laughs> it was good. I didn't see it.
2: I want to. Anyway, those are my closing thoughts. Uh, I think I gave it a, a six for expectations tuning in. It. I gave it a nine. It's
1: pretty big. Three points. Thor: The Dark World of the TV mental jump. Somehow I feel like really, it's not really going to stick with him like Thor: The Dark World has stuck with me.
0: Well, TV's a different beast. It is
2: a different different
0: beast, beast. and what you said was insane. Right. What you said was just pure crazy.
1: Uh, New McSauce listeners, go back in the archives and find the episode where I give my review of Thor of the Dark World and see if I'm insane or not. Then go to Facebook or Twitter and react.
0: Thanks to everyone for tuning in tonight. Um... Thank you to everyone, every new listener that we met at Comic-Con. Thanks for stopping our table. It was really a good time for all of us, you know, sitting around and talking for a little bit
1: with each and every one of you. And thank you for all the longtime supporters as well. Everybody that stopped out and uh, saw us at the booth or got a sketch card, we really greatly appreciate that. Everybody that asked for commissions that me and Paul are currently working on, we also greatly appreciate that. And you guys are the backbone of the podcast and the webcomics, so thank you so much for your support. We wouldn't be able to do this without you guys, Um, so thank you so much. I am
2: still waiting uh, for commission requests. Uh, I still haven't gotten any. Um, So Next
0: week's episode is going to be on the Star Wars Rebels premiere. So this Friday at 9, we we're were we going to get together. We're going to watch the show, and then we're going to do the podcast afterwards. So set your DVRs. In our pajamas. In our pajamas. Set your DVRs. Set your Netflix or whatever it is you you guys do that don't have DVRs. And uh, next week, Star Wars Rebels. Until then, my name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharply. Matt Casale. And
3: Dominic Yersey. We'll see you next time. the name of that Google search? Adele Garcia nude. Oh.
2: Allow, allow, allow me. History.
3: Why? Is mine th- okay. oh, <laughs> it's mine. Okay. Why? My, it's it's mine. It's my iPad and I'm single. Keep that history way so I can find it quicker.
0: Oh.
2: I see who that is.